And my mom oh, made up the baseline for it. Maybe that was the way. It was said. a longer video, though, so I can't remember if I sent or not. But she made up her own baseline for it, and I it's love Gina. Dank. Hell yeah, I love Gina. What a life. <laughs> Insert theme song here. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm, comma, bleeding. <laughs> Welcome to Warp to Remember. I'm Rachel. I'm pissed off. I'm joined by the beautiful Zoe, who's also pissed off. Pissed. Not actually, no. but welcome. <laughs> so if you don't know what we do here, we're, as I sniff, so gross. <laughs> Start that. Take that back. Cut that out. If you don't know what we do here, we're two best friends. Just two gals living our best lives. We love pop punk. We grew up with Warp Tour, and that's a huge part of our friendship. So we thought, let's fucking record it and talk about it. So on this podcast, we talk about the bands, the trends, the memories from the history of Warp Tour, and all of the bands that we think should have been included that weren't included. Um, and the history of Warp will do. Last week was our history special for the month. We covered the year 1999. Warp Tour, if you don't know, started in 1995. This year's the 25th anniversary, which math, even though it's 2019, but like, okay. Yeah. That works. Whatever. Right? I don't know. But you know, I'm whatever. It's hard about it. So, <laughs> this episode is themed, in case you didn't read the title, I assume you did. We're doing angry songs this week. We're getting a little pissed off. What we like to do here is for a lot of our fun episodes, we'll pick a theme. And I'll pick three songs that fit the theme in my mind. Zoe picks three songs that pick the theme in her mind. We don't tell each other. And then we play them for each other and talk about them as we go. So that's what we're going to do today. We chose Angry Songs. It's June 2019. A lot of shit's happening the The U.S. is gross. (laughs) All kinds of drama. Politically. It's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yeah. Which is dope, but... We're all still mad. Yeah, let's riot. We're going to throw bricks metaphorically at you today. Yeah. But, you know, we just feel, felt like it's an interesting time to be alive. Everyone's yeah. a little pissed. Let's lean into it. Yeah. Let's exercise our feelings. Yes. And just, uh, in a healthy you know, way with lose music. Yourself. Yeah, <laughs> lose yourself in a healthy way and share your emotions with a friend because that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, do you have anything to add, Zoe, as I talk it's like nonstop? The, it's like the most wholesome, we're angry. Uh, yeah, let's get pissed and fucking scream and circle yeah. up in the pit. And then, like, hug your butts and yeah, like, exactly. tell them you'll be okay. Wait, like, go to IHOP with each other. Go to IHOP and decompress. And, like, you know, it's like that new Sum 41 video of all the people hugging in the oh pit. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right, so... Because Rachel said it, uh, it's Pride Month, which is yes. Happy Pride Month um, to everyone LGBTQ plus uh, Pride. So we are doing a fun thing at the top of all of our June episodes that we're going to feature some music by uh, queer artists. Um, and so we both picked a couple songs. We'll clip them in here. We'll talk about them really quickly um, by some people that we thought you should know if you're not familiar with a lot of queer yeah. artists, especially in the pop punk world. So Rachel, what was your pick for <laughs> Pride? So I went, so last week was our first, you know, Pride showcase. So yes. I picked an iconic alternative pop punk band, Translate Singer. Love her. She's amazing. Listen to that up. I plugged against me. They're one of 
the OG pop punk bands who have just really gone through it. Their sound has evolved. They're so good. Yeah. This week I went very different. Excellent. I went hard left turn into the gay camp vibe. Oh, fuck yes. And my pick this week is I Like Boys by Tadra Call. Yeah. Coming out the closet, mama. I like boys. I like pecs. Like them arms when they flex. Like that print in them sweats. Tell them girls, thank you next. I like when they text me, text me pics of them like them abs. Which, please don't cancel the episode when you clip this out for all our, like, hardcore pop punk listeners. <laughs> but it's a really fun song. Tadra Call is this super duper talented Dude, he's been around the block. He got his start on YouTube. He's big. If you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, he's often on there as a guest judge or as a choreographer. He's very tight with RuPaul. He's done several songs with RuPaul. This new album he just dropped. Just dropped. I believe it's called House Party. Uh, yes. Part one. Ooh. Super. He's RuPaul Jr., essentially. He's RuPaul Jr. He literally does, like, the laugh at the end of the songs. Like, he is embodying, like, a new millennium like because i feel like rue's still a little living in the 90s just a skosh yeah like a less problematic very fun very camp rupaul um personal note i was lucky enough to be an extra in his visual album that he shot last year which is fantastic <laughs> uh highly recommend that you check it check out todrick in general i'm just gonna quickly plug this i'm sorry i'm the worst but um he did a whole visual album last year that was released last year called Forbidden. The whole concept of it is that it takes place in this like utopia slash dystopia future. It's very much future but past because it takes place in like the 50s kind of aesthetic. But in the world of the album, being straight is a crime and being gay is the norm. And so it really flips things on its head in a really fun way. The songs are really beautiful. I got to meet Todrick and dance for him and learn his choreo, which was life-changing. So much fun. And then this new album, House Party, H-A-U-S, baby. House Party Part 1 is super fun. I Like Boys is my song of choice because it's sassy. And he's literally just talking about, like, I like boys, boys like me. I like boys who like boys. Eat a dick. And it's fun and great. And I feel like we need... In these trying times, sometimes you just gotta dance. I like boys, mama. Boys like me. I like boys who like boys. I like boys who like boys. Work. I like boys who like boys. Mama. Yeah. I like boys and boys like me. Sorry. Boys like me. Not sorry. Boys like me. Boys like motherfucker. Boys like me. Uh, so my choice is uh, That's So Gay by Pansy Division off of their album That's So Gay. The next time you say it, make sure I can't hear cause you're pissing me off. Is that clear? What did he say? He said that's so gay. What did he say? He said that's so gay and if you say it again, there'll be hell to pay. I'll show you what it's like to be gay. Pansy Ooh. Division. Yeah, Pansy Division is a punk rock band from the Bay Area that was formed in 91 uh, nice. on the tail end of the queer core movement, yeah. which was this movement that happened in the late 80s that was basically saying, like, gay men are, um, specifically gay men, but the queer community in general, I guess, uh, are supposed to just, like, you know, camp and show business or, like, uh, show tunes and divas and, like, you know, Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. um, 
but we all like different things because we're all humans. Like we don't all have to like the same thing. And so a lot of bands started to form that were openly gay, but Pansy Division is known as the first uh, gay rock band featuring uh, mostly white dudes all, but who are all out and queer, which is really awesome. Um, Especially for the early 90s, goddamn. Absolutely. Because we just talked about, I mean, just in our history episode, 1999, Eminem came under huge fire for being so homophobic and then working with Elton John. And that was a full 10 years after Pansy Division even came on the scene. Right. Exactly. So it's it was definitely pretty revolutionary and uh, would probably I I hope that they like played around Stonewall at some point because I just feel like yeah. they had that really much that vibe. So that's so gay is actually um, off of their album titled "That's So Gay." The lyrics to this song are really uh, fantastic. They're ba- it's basically a song that's I thought it fit our angry episode well because it's it's basically a song saying like when people use the word gay derogatory in uh-huh. a derogatory way um it's coming out against that and saying basically like fuck you you don't have any you have if you're straight and you're saying like oh that's so gay you have no idea right. what you're saying and and the history and the fucking struggle yeah that you're basically using yeah what should be this beautiful just identity word of like being like using that as a put down which if anyone is unclear about why saying that's so gay is a problem please find your nearest out queer person who is willing to discuss but, this with yeah because it's also not any out queer person's job to educate yeah. you but there are people who will or yeah. fucking google it it's not hard yeah. it's 2019 i'm trying to be like cool but using anyone's identity to mean anything other than their identity yeah. is fuck right there's anything right yeah i mean be nice <laughs> like yeah. kindergarten rules exactly. it's not hard but I love that. I love that we picked completely different things. Yes. Because yeah. that's the queer that's experience. The we can have fun and be campy and be showy. Yes. But we can also be yes. fucking mad and political and educational. I like that we did, we inadvertently did like both ends of the spectrum. I love it. It is. It's good. I will, there is one thing, like they do the, use the F word in uh, That's Okay. Mm-hmm. He says it and he uses it as a way to describe himself, which is one of those times where Reclamation. So just as an FYI. So yeah, so check out our um, both Tadric Hall and, and Pansy Division if you're interested in uh, learning some more about some queer artists. With that said, let's get angry. Let's folks. get fucking pissed, you guys. Let's Circle up, it. throw some fucking elbows. So to start us off, we're gonna do something a little bit different. If you've been listening to a couple of these different themed episodes, normally Rachel and I don't discuss what songs we picked, but there was one song for this episode specifically that we both acknowledged we just needed to discuss. It was play. the most obvious choice that both of us would pick. Every now and then when we come up with our themes, I'll be like, cool, so which one of us is picking blank? Yes. Because we do overlap on a lot. And this was one of those songs. So it's a bonus song. You're going to get a, seven yeah. angry songs this week, plus our queer picks. I know. We what just, a wealth of oh music. God, so much music for you guys. Uh, so this week's episode, I am very excited that this is the first song that we're featuring, truly featuring from this band. It's probably, yeah. it is my favorite band of all time specifically from the scene but probably of all time so without further they're in my top three right ever oh yeah no doubt 100 percent. so without further ado i love them well if you wanted honesty that's all you had to say i never want to let you down or have you go it's better off this way for all the dirty looks for photographs this is I'm, I'm not, not okay, okay. I promise. Uh, by My Chemical Romance, off of their 
second full-length album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. major label release was this album yeah. um came out in 2004 this song just like rocketed them to fame this and helena yeah it was it was just but this song i it's the best version of like angry but also like a pump-up jam it's like you know when you get so angry you pop a boner i don't because <laughs> i don't have a penis but you know the concept <laughs> of that that's this song yes. for me it's like you're so angry, but you're also kind of hard, but you're also kind of sad, but you're also like feeling lonely, but you also feel like so revved up. Yes. It's that song. song. It's all the emotions. I, I just, I mean, I, we will get into my chem as we get into the 2000s. I know. And I mentioned them on a semi-regular oh, yeah. basis. Frank Iero is <laughs> truly the hottest person in the world. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> to me especially. They're they're so they're very talented. They they really knew their sound yes. from the get go. There's a huge distinction between "I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love," which is their first album, and Three Cheers." But they've always sounded like themselves. Yes, which is insane. One of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, one of the greatest songs of all time. The greatest music video of all time. Oh. I'm gonna fucking say it right now. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I'm just revved up, man. But I think part of why I didn't choose it in my three. Not only because we both love it so much, I didn't want to like swoop on it, but it's such a good song. But to me, it's more than anger. Yes. To me, yeah. it's just any time you need any semblance of catharsis, yes. this song comes in clutch. Yes. It's an old friend. It's an ex-lover. It's your mm-hmm. current boy. It's everything yes. it needs to be. Exactly. It's anytime you're not feeling okay and you're just exactly. like, something's wrong. Like I just, something yes. is off and I just need to like, vent for it's so it's the epitome of pop punk to me in that it's universal yes everyone can fucking feel this yes everyone does fucking feel this it's just such a good song and i could apply it to any theme yeah but yeah for anger it makes sense obviously especially musically i feel like a lot of what i was struggling with when i was picking angry songs was sometimes the lyrics are really pissed but the music doesn't quite match that yeah. energy or vice versa the really screamy songs are not really about anger they're about something else right you know so it was like hard for me to kind of narrow that down whereas i feel like this song is all of it yeah you know yeah it is i'm glad we talked about it at the yes. top i'm glad we decided Absolutely. to make it a bonus song so our bonus we had to include it i'm so happy we did and i'm really happy it was our first yeah real way that we brought in my chem yes. for this podcast. This is our first substantial, solid, yes. official my chem pick. picks yeah and i'm all i'm all ready to like ooh. I, know, right? I don't even smoke but i feel like i need a cigarette <laughs> you know? 
So for my first pick, I'm also pulling from a band that was very, very popular in the 2000s, the mid-2000s. This is off of their first album. So this is Note to Self by From First to Last. of their album Dear Diary my teen angst has a body count I forgot that that's <laughs> what that is <laughs> because of Ugh. course uh, the, the album came out in 2005 it's the debut album from first to last uh, it rocketed them to fame within the hardcore emo scene yeah I'm so glad you picked from first to last because they're one of those bands I was always peripherally aware of but never fully dabbled mm-hmm I was more in like the used say us an under oath phase yes. when from first to last was really big. Yeah. From first to last is an interesting band. If you're not really familiar with them, I will tell you one of the people that you are familiar with is Sunny Moore. The lead singer is Skrillex. Yep. So if you know Skrillex, the like EDM master who like defined that genre was a big part in defining. Put Chelsea cuts in the mainstream. Yeah. Right? <laughs> is a, uh, is a big yeah. reason why the emo hardcore scene, uh, really became what it is because of yeah. him first last he was they formed originally um by matt good scott ward and parker gnomes in november of 99 um wow, so he, i didn't realize it was that far back how old was, is skrillex well so sunny Moore joined later and he's younger he right like, that's what i, I thought think 18 when he joined wow yeah he was very he was young um but he came on uh in just around 2004, 2005, like right before they recorded this album. Um, They did have an an EP that was recorded in 2003 with their original vocalist, but he left the band due to, you know, creative differences or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So this song, the reason why I wanted to choose this is from first to last was kind of the epitome of the emo, very much emo angst Mm -hmm. um, out of like, there's so many bands, obviously, within the emo scene that really played into that, but I don't... There was something about the... I think it's the way that Sonny whines when he yeah. sings that you really can't understand a word You hear a little bit of saying. that vibe with Pierce the Veil. Yeah. And I think a little bit of Chiodos, though yes. they enunciate sometimes. <laughs> yeah. They have some pretty <laughs> mouthful lyrics. <laughs> yeah. But I think Pierce the Veil especially is the band that comes to my mind with this kind of vibe of the, like... You kind of know what they're saying, but you know what they're feeling. Yes. <laughs> and that was huge. From 2005 onward, I feel like that was really the golden age for that yes. kind of stuff. Absolutely. Musically, the song is really gets to the core of that true anger that you can feel where it's just like everything feels like it's firing out of control. There's a really hard, jagged, ragged bass line. The guitars are just going full force. The drums, I mean, the drummer is just like dripping in sweat because everybody is just... There's very little downtime in the song. Where there is downtime is really interesting to me. It's when we get the title lyric of the song, Note to Self, I Miss You Terribly, This Is What We Call a Tragedy, which became so many uh, fan fiction titles in the mid-2000s. Love that. Which I love. 
Like I said, vocally, I think Sonny Moore is a pretty talented vocalist. He finds a way to really wind through his sound uh, that that I that I like. That wasn't necessarily like a lot of other singers in the same time period. He also really defined aesthetically that that kind of look and genre. Yeah. Like he had snake bites, the two lip piercings. He had the big black hair. Um, he just he really like played into like the sad emo boy meme mm-hmm. um that was the mid 2000s yeah. and it, i think it's not an accident that hawthorne heights their biggest hit was like 2003 2004 yeah. from first to last debut is 05 that kind of brand especially integrating more screaming into yes. this metal influence pop punk influence yes what a time to fucking be alive exactly i'm also biased because that's when i really got into that music because I was a child, but uh, what a what a time and I what a distinct moment in music history I think because so much of the '90s stuff that we're talking about is self-referential or it's very like based on punk or it sounds like ska which is based on reggae. But then we had this screamo kind of hardcore emo crossover that was a lot of a little bit of everything. Yeah. But it was also kind of its own thing. It really was. I really felt like... And screaming in that way and screamo in that way really burgeoned on its own, I think. There's obviously all of these metal influences, but it was... They really forged their own sound and then to have that many bands sound so similar in such a small period, to have that concentration. Yeah. Social media, I think, is a huge part of that. They were huge on MySpace. MySpace and Napster, for sure. And then all these bands start sounding like each other. Yes. For better and for worse, you know. Uh, the last thing I'll kind of say to tag us out of the from first last is the lyrics of this song are, mm-hmm. again, they're pretty metaphorical. They're kind of non-specific, but the reason why I felt like they fit, not only did the music fit the kind of like anger, pa- like passion, kind of rage feelings that we were going for today, but also this song, I think the lyric that really encapsulates this is exaggerating the barrier between who I am and who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So you, they actually, the lyrics I really, on this song are, are really pretty uh intelligent of just so many of these bands yeah. i when i was struggling to find angry songs because i just couldn't i was struggling to land on a handful you know because there's just so many that come to mind and i was like looking up the lyrics to so many of these songs that i was like i never really thought about yeah. that and then i'd look into it and like this is completely about something different i never thought of <laughs> yeah. a lot of them are about like really fragile broken relationships or really difficult personal hardships and yeah. mental health issues and because they're screaming, we just jam out to it and don't think that hard. Some of these lyrics are gorgeous. Yeah, this song is really about talking to... He's saying, no to self, I miss you terribly. It's like, I don't know who I am anymore, and there's this person I want to become, and I don't know how to get there. And I yeah. think we can all relate to that feeling of, like, you see your goal, and you can see yourself there, mm-hmm. and you you know where you are in that... like you know where you are now and where you want to be, and you have no idea what right. the middle steps are. I think that's also the power why Warped Tour was so prolific and lasted so long and is still known to this day and is still happening to an extent to this day is because all of a sudden we have this direct 
support system. Yeah. All of these kids who all feel this way mm-hmm. are being given yeah. the platform yeah. to make art about it. Yeah. And then all of these other kids are given the opportunity to all gather together and revel in that feeling and yeah. know they're not alone. Did you, were you in different first class when they were out or was this like a later edition? No, I was. They were definitely within my like rotation mm-hmm. as an emo kid. That's um, they weren't like my top choice, but I remember when they came and played in my hometown in Columbia and Sunny just like hung out in my den downtown and like just like chilled with everybody because he really was our cool. age. Yeah. Basically, he was like, he's a couple years older than I am, but right. he was very much just like our age, just like hanging. Um, and so it was really cool that like they felt very much exactly it was very relatable to us What's your first choice, Rachel? I'm going to start... Okay, so I'm going to preface this. I went with a couple different vibes. I think there are a lot of different kinds of anger. There's a lot of different levels there. Mm -hmm. So the first song that I'm going with is what I think of as like a traditionally angry pop punk song. This is Second Sucks by A Day to Remember. Finally, in case you didn't make the connection, we're called a warped to remember. It's a play on a day to remember, kick ass pop punk band. I would say straight up hardcore. Uh, Some of their songs are really pop punky. Really? I think they're pretty deeply instilled in both worlds. That's why they're like the epitome of warped to me, is they bridge the gap between a Devil Wears Prada and like. I don't know, name any traditionally pop punk band. <laughs> yeah, right. They kind of bridge that gap. And this is definitely one of their more scream-heavy songs. Yeah. I will, at the top, give a full and direct shout-out and thank you to my brother, Alex. He is the biggest. He's a Data Remember's biggest fan. Biggest fan. Swear to God. Wow. He knows everything about them. <laughs> and I texted him this weekend and I was like, yo, top three angry Data Remember songs. And he calls me and he's like, all right, I'm driving home, but let me tell you right now, take some notes. Here are the really screamy ones that are angry. Here are the really lyrically angry ones that aren't as screamy. He like gave me notes. A couple of my honorable mentions are also a date remember for this reason. So I was never that into a date remember. This is a later in life kind of thing for me. I really liked Four Year Strong. Yeah. And it's, they have beef and it's like a whole thing. And you're supposed to only like one or the other. In true bisexual fashion, I like both. (laughs) But... 
I texted my brother like last night. I went in a hole and just watched a bunch of their videos. I had seen some over the years in high school. I think part of why I didn't really like them so much is because they were my brother's favorite band. Yeah. So he would like shit on some Fall Out Boy songs I'd play for him. So I would like shit on some Day to Remember songs just out of spite. And they'd be like, watch this video. It's so funny. And I'm like, whatever. There are pieces of poop in it. I don't care. There are pieces of poop in one of their videos. Oh. They have claymated pieces of poop. It's great. Okay. I talked shit about it, pun intended, but it's funny. <laughs> this video is insane. The second sex video, the opening of the video is Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Oh, what? Yep. And so part of why I picked this. All right. They're angry. No doubt. Yeah. I used to really like some songs by day to remember and then i used to get really stressed because i try to listen to a whole album all the way through and they'd have one song that was like totally f- straight up pop punk and then the next song would be all screaming and i'm like ah pick a side and i like couldn't yeah. it would stress me out now in my adult life i lean into it and i love it nice. but like i said it's one of their screamier songs part of why i picked it is because it not only fuels the anger fire the subject matter is the most pop punk shit of nice. all so rumor has it, this is all allegedly, if you watch the video, it's this underground gaming arcade thing. They pitch it like these kids are trying to sneak into some like underground like drug gang thing, but it turns out it's video games. Cool. And then you go into what is essentially a play on Mortal Kombat. Oh, cool. And it's the band, a day to remember, fighting this other band, essentially. Yeah. Rumor has it, it's directly about four years strong. Which I didn't know. My brother filled me in on all of this. Um, so I always liked Four Years Strong. I thought they were a little softer than this. They screamed a little less, and I was down for that. Yeah. Uh, they had a little more classic rock vibe to me, personally. I don't know if that's putting any stock in that, but for me, that's what that felt like to me, which is what I grew up on. So I always leaned more towards Four Years Strong, and I actually almost picked them for this, but this song was just too perfect. So the lyrics are, obviously, the song starts with, Fight! <laughs> like Mortal Kombat, oh which I also oh, grew cool, up with video cool, games, cool. and got, Jade yeah. from Mortal Kombat was one of my sexual awakenings. So this is just, this song just hits everything for me. But it says, um, you're afraid like I make my deals with the devil. You've been at it for years, but couldn't reach that level. Let's keep it real. There is no competition to me. Even if everyone around you acts like they don't see. Oh, is anybody else listening? Out of sight, out of mind is what you'll always be. Oh, I hold my cards to my chest. I laid my life on the line, so I expect nothing less from you. And then he'll say, he says, I speak the truth and everybody else knows it. So set your ego to the side and just get the fuck over it. Can't waste my time on hateful people like you. So keep wishing you were me and I'll keep making you have to. Wow. Lyrics, baby. So the rumor has it, and this is from a day to remember fan who only kind of knows. And he's said, he's like, this is a legend. I don't know. But rumor has it they toured together, Four Year Strong opened for them. Oh. And then Four Year Strong was like, yo, we shouldn't be opening for you. We're big as shit and we're popular. And they're like, uh, cool it, what is happening? And so there's like beef over that. So this whole song is, even if you remove the Four Year Strong element to it, this whole song is directly attacking someone who is a hater, who thinks they're better than them. And it's like, fuck you, I know I'm great. I don't care about you or the haters or what anybody has to say. It's just like very pop punk. But then knowing this backstory of like it's a band versus a band. It's just very, and it's very tongue in cheek. The video looks, the guys look like four years strong. You got to make the comparison. So it just felt perfect to me on so many levels because the song sounds mad. I wanted a screamy song for sure. 
because I, I fuck with a screamy song and I fuck with a good breakdown every now and again. And this is like the epitome of that. And then to have the band drama in the background, to finally be able to feature a day to remember our namesake. Yeah. It's just like all wins. I'm glad this is very much Thank you so what much. if I was really specifically thinking like what is going to be very stereotypically like in the genre yep. angry, it's this. So nice. For my second choice, I went in a slightly different direction, but still pretty classic Love it. emo. I'm so sweaty, I swear. <laughs> I keep going too hard. Oh, man. All right, here's my second choice. This is Pressure by Paramore. I fear I might break, and I fear I can't take it. Tonight I'll lie awake, feeling empty. I can feel the pressure, it's getting closer now. We're better off without you. I can feel the pressure. So this is off of their first album, All We Know Is Falling. Um, this album was released in 2005, so it was very much in the height of the emo scene, or the beginning of the height of the emo scene. Um, Haley Williams is the lead singer. Yes, she, she is. still in the band. Like many bands from this era, the Paramore itself has, has become kind of her solo thing, although less so to like... Two of the Say OGs anything. are still there. Uh, is it Jeremy? The really hot one with the beard is still there. Oh, okay. And then the guy who was the quote-unquote new edition, ow. <laughs> Tiny claws in my thigh. Um, the guy who was like the new one, I forget his name. He's really dreamy. He was younger because I remember because oh, okay. he came in around the Brick by Boring Brick era. Oh, okay. He's still there. As oh, far okay. as I know, the two of them are still there. Gotcha. And they're not OG OG, I don't yeah. think, but they were early Paramore. Oh, they were okay. at least, like, I think Jeremy, whatever his name is, is Riot Era. Is his oh. name Jeremy? Did I make that up? No, I think you're right. One of them is named Jeremy. Basically, Paramore's gone through, like, a, a handful of different phases. They have quite a few albums. They're actually pretty prolific. They've had a lot of eras, yeah, yeah, which I love, but not quite to the Panic at the Disco extent. No. They've never fully, fully, fully reinvented their entire aesthetic. I think they've just evolved. Yeah. And that's part of why they're still on the radio waves today, is so many of these bands really grew and changed
Uh, so the reason I chose this song is because it's, to me, as opposed to like the real pure rage of the A Day to Remember song, this uh, No Pressure is, or sorry, Pressure, um, is... <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Like, no, wait. That's... Pressure is, it's that like anger that you feel when you just are so frustrated with how everything is going. It's like you're not lost and you don't have a real reason to be angry, but you're just, you can feel everything's weighing down on you and you just, you're irritable. And it's that kind of like you could snap at any moment and anybody who's in your path, like get out of the way because you are just going to come in and you're about to blow. It's like very much where you're right yes. at your boiling point. Um, and so for me that I, I really, <laughs> I feel like that's how I get angry a lot of the times is that mm-hmm. I push things down until they come to the boiling point And then I just, I lose it for a little yeah. bit and then I'm okay. Um, well, and I think it's very much a testament to just having anxiety. Yes. To anxiety, having yeah. ongoing, ever present yeah. underlying anxiety. Yes. There's always a pressure. Yes, exactly. And there's no real release. Right. And so this song, her singing, especially in this, is again, you can kind of hear her just being like, oh, I can, f-. you can really, when she says yeah. I can feel the pressure, I really believe her. Yes. I mean, it's, her voice on this is fantastic. Her performance in any song yeah. is phenomenal because you feel what yes. she's feeling. She 100% responds to those lyrics that she's singing. Yes she's really thinking through them and giving you the subtext between those songs because yes. which is something that I think is a real hallmark of her singing and especially her the the latest album of theirs I recently have been listening more and more to it and like the song 26 on it it's really kind of heartbreaking mm. the way she sings because you know that she is seeing the stories that she's saying right and that's really beautiful and it's a real I mean that's a real gift of a performer yeah, um, she originally, if you a little backstory on Paramore, she was originally approached to be um, a pop singer, a right? pop singer, a solo pop singer, and she, I, I think of her own volition was like, you know what, I just want to be in this band, and I really think that this band is, is worth it, and she was right, and I yeah. appreciate that she's never gone solo. I'm sure she's had a lot of opportunities to go solo. Yeah, but she, she doesn't want to. No, she's stuck with good the band, and good for her. Yeah. Um, well, and she's very much in the pop punk community, in the rock community. Yes. She is a woman of rock and roll. Yeah. Even though I think Paramore tops the pop charts a lot, I very much still consider her a woman of rock and roll. Yeah, I agree. You know? I absolutely agree. I just love her. I love that you picked Paramore. Yeah. That makes me really happy. I can feel So again, I said that I was going with different kinds of anger here. This one lyrically is a little different. I did not relate to the lyrics literally as a kid, but this is a song that truly I used to jam out to when I was mad as a kid. Second sucks I discovered later in life, but this song, I really wanted to pick at least one where I like distinctly remember getting in my beat to shit, Camry, (laughs) driving around to a football game being pissed, you know? So I picked this one.
I'm the cure to growing older And you're the only place that feels like home Just so you know, you'll never know And some secrets were meant to be told But I found the cure to growing older This is I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy And all I got was this stupid song written about me <laughs> Bye Fall Out Boy I used to listen to this for funsies, but I also used to listen to this when I was pissed. I also used to listen to this when I was horny. This song almost made it onto my sex picks for my sex episode just because Pete screaming is great. (laughs) It's just great. And like I said, you know when you're so angry you pop a boner? Like, that's the vibe I went for. (laughs) So this is off from Under the Cork Tree, which was their first major studio album. If you listen to our Panic at the Disco history episode... I talk a little bit about it because it was at this point that Pete Wentz discovered Panic at the Disco. Uh, they had released an album before this called Take This to Your Grave that I love. I talk mm-hmm. about it a lot in life. I'm sure I've brought it up on the pod. It's probably my favorite Fall Boy album. But I think from Under the Cork Tree, they really found, they really meshed as a band and found a sound uh, that really made them unique. They really leaned into the best, most artistic parts of each of their band members. Whereas Take This To Your Grave sounds so much more like a traditional pop punk record. And I think Patrick's voice sounds a little more traditionally pop punk in that. Whereas from Under the Cork Tree and every album since, they really leaned into like the richness and the soulfulness of Patrick's voice. They really leaned into Pete's really emo lyrics. Like you said, the guitar slaps, the drums are dope. Like this whole song is just so great. And this is about as screamy as Fall Out Boy gets, which I love. Every now and then Pete will scream on something. And I love his random little emo fucking poems that he puts in his songs, yeah. especially in their earlier stuff. So this song is largely about, I think, just based on the lyrics, I think it's largely about uh, the protagonist being cheated on. Because uh, the, I mean, the most recognizable part of this is douse yourself in cheap perfume. Uh, it's so fitting, so fitting of the way you are. You can't cover it up, can't cover it up. And, um, but then later they'll say, they call kids like us vicious and carved out of stone, but for what we've become, we just feel more alone. Always weigh what I've got against what I left. So progress report, I am missing you to death. Oh my God. So it's just textbook, early 2000s, emo, sad boy vibes, still very relatable. And then the screaming part is someone old, no one new, feeling borrowed, always blue. And it's just Pete feeling, you know? And I love it. Um, I never really thought that hard about the lyrical content. It's clearly about them being, like, in a relationship that's not going well. I think it's about being cheated on. I can't fully tell. It's just turmoil, baby. And it feels so right. (laughs) But it feels a little cleaner than, like, the screamer screamers, you know? And you can kind of sort of understand Pete screaming more than you can in other similar songs of the era. Can't cover it up. Can't cover it up. No. 
relationship with Fall Out Boy. I love their first album. I think it's really iconic. I remember playing a lot of From Under the Quirk Tree, and then I think I just overplayed it for myself, and then after that I was kind of over them, honestly, because they got too famous, and I was like, I don't mm, See, I got really into them on Fully Ado, Mm. so they were already famous, and I leaned in. This came out in 2005, too, so this is yeah. very much in the same... I love that we keep hitting, like, oops. Well, 2005 <laughs> was a big, I mean... It's... It was a landmark year for pop punk, I think. Yeah. Something about them, they're just so sweet. You can tell they all genuinely love each other and have so much fun being together. They took that conscientious break mm-hmm. to just, like, go be people and yeah. knew full well they'd come back together and reconvene. And it was just so... Everything about them is so amicable. In, an, in a genre where it's so full of, like, grief and beef... Yeah. And people hating each other and bands breaking up and people talking shit like Fall Boy is this like beacon of hope for me. episode where you have a repeat artist in the episode but it's really because this song was the song that i truly got mad to when i was a teenager did you pick fall boy you just said you don't like fall boy no i didn't oh okay no (laughs) this is thank you for the venom by my chemical romance. Yes, bitch. <laughs> off of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Sister, I'm not much. doubling up on an artist in an episode but it's because i love this song i, I mean we'd be album. remiss to not include this oh, yeah I i'm love so glad you picked it this album is my favorite like i had all of the lyrics printed out on pages in like those clear binder things and it was on my wall i had posters i went to all of their concerts i stan my chem real hard i still do because it fucking holds up because it's musically very impressive yes for one thing ray toro is an incredible guitarist that solo in this is insane insane. it's so great and that's one of the reasons why i love this song i also love that this song had because i'm not into screaming that much but this song had just like the most like appropriate just little touches of screaming that i was like oh yes that's Mm -hmm. how angry i am just at the last word on the sentence Mm -hmm. which is how i feel like sometimes you fight and when you're angry it's like you you yell that last word right and so it was like I, i really appreciate that it was close to how one might do that in real life this comes later in the album than i'm not okay i promise this is kind of to me this was like the i forget what comes right before it in the album but it's like a slower song this like Mm -hmm. 
gets you revved for the end of the episode of the song of the album. I love them so much. Thank you for the Venom. It's such a kick-ass song. I just love I Wouldn't Front the Scene If You Paid Me. I'm just the way that the doctor made me. Everything about this. I also love Hang Em High. That was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. But they're all coming off that out. We that both album. love that band so much, and we keep picking Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge yeah. as the album. This song, um, again, it, it's reminiscent to me a little bit of, like you said about the scene. Um, it references a scene, which is, Sunny Moore does that too. Yeah. In the From First Last song. So. I mean, Fall Up Way of the Scene is seen. It's an arms race. Panic at the Disco is always talking about the scene. Like, it's right. everywhere. So, uh, I think this also harkens to a lot of those same kind of angry themes of like, you're running after something that you'll never kill if this is what you want, then fire it well. It's like, again, trying to... F- find something and you're not really sure how to get there and it's kind of like is it a fool's errand but you're gonna try it anyway so you might as well just go out there and give it a shot um i it's 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 just it gets me pumped up this song always is is just really always got me very amped um Mm -hmm. but it was always a good song to just like release a lot of frustration i i associate a lot of that album with decompression yeah. Like, they're so angry and so much of it, but you're like, ah, oh, after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good... This album entirely, like, I, I always thought was really well through, compo- through composed. Um, it tells, again, that full narrative story and then it ends with a resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, we will, of course, always, I'm world, my chem is just going to start coming up more and more. I'm sh- now, oh, yeah, especially as we're getting into the 2000s yeah. of pop punk history. Um, but this is, they're my all-time favorite, and I absolutely love all of them. They are, yeah. they're just also talented, and they make amazing music together, and I'm I can't really wait to do a band, a full band episode on it. Yeah, I mean, I so we'll looked definitely like get Gerard on purpose in high school. I, yeah. like... I like got my hair done like Gerard. Like I love my chem so much. Right. So we'll definitely get into them more as we go. But that was my last choice. All right. Love it. Okay, I was torn between two, and like I said, I went for three different kinds of anger. And this last one, you'll just know. And the sky was made of amethyst. And all the stars are just like little fish. You should learn when to go. You should learn how to say no! This is Violet by Hole.
shocking twist. I brought up Courtney Love again. <laughs> um, this album I've talked about before. I lived through this. It's my favorite whole album. It's probably their best known one for sure. I think Violet is arguably their best known song. That and Celebrity Skin, obviously, which I've picked already on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, Live Through This was released in 94, I believe, which was right before Warped Tour started. So I was never able to include them in a history app because that's my favorite album by them. Uh, Violet and Jennifer's Body are two standouts from that album that I really, really love. Uh, Violet, memorably, is also the credits song for the film Jennifer's Body, which I thought was a nice yeah. tongue-in-cheek instead of just playing Jennifer's Body, which was very on the nose. Right. To do Violet instead was really cool. Violet is also the song that Kristen Wiig plays in her car when she's pissed in Bridesmaids, which I love. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Hole is a punk band led by Courtney Love. Very divisive uh, because a lot of people hate Courtney Love because she was married to Kurt Cobain and he committed suicide. A lot of people blame her for it because we live in a misogynistic world. Uh, I love her. I'm not sorry. I will never be sorry. I've actively gotten to the front of the pit to watch Hole perform because I was standing behind a bunch of people who were talking shit about Courtney Love. And I was like, hi, um, I'm here to see her. Can I go ahead of you? And they're like, oh my God, of course, please. (laughs) After they're like, she's the reason he died. I'm like, um, can I, I'm here for her. So thanks. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, Violet epitomizes I know I used epitome a lot in this episode, but it epitomizes female rage to me. Um, I highly recommend that you follow me on Spotify. I have a playlist called I Love Female Rage. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, I was I had a great conversation with one of my friends, Kenzie. I've mentioned this on the podcast before about growing up and realizing that female rage was acceptable and it was something that could be expressed and music was a huge part of that for me. Whole, Fiona Apple, so many amazing female vocalists, especially Slater Kinney is a huge one, Bikini Kill, all of the Riot Girl movement bands. Um, but yeah, I couldn't say no to Violet. Hole's always been a peripheral for this podcast because they were grunge punk and they were around at the same time Warped was around, but never really involved. They weren't quite Riot Girl, but they weren't not Riot Girl. They're my favorite outsiders. And I love this song. This song, go on, take everything, take everything. I want you to, I dare you to. When they get what they want, and they never want it again. Like it's just... Being abused as a woman and going through it and being like, fuck you, take everything. I dare you do it. I want you to do it. Like, I don't care. Is dope and very powerful. And this is like my go-to rage out song. It's also my go-to workout song. (laughs) It's just uh, the way it builds. And I love the end of it. I love how it plays out. Yeah. Her like final like is very, actually very similar to Gerard Way. And thank you for the venom. Uh, Hers is a little more drawn out. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say that I, I really do like that it is very much like here's a space that women are going to carve out for themselves to be angry. And it's because women aren't supposed to like ever be angry. Like we're, exactly. not, we're supposed to be very like calm and composed. And it's like, no, fuck, we get angry too. Um, so I appreciate that. I actually think that this is one of those songs where she actually sounds kind of nice on it. Yeah. I have to say like her voice is dope. It's 
it's well written melodically for mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. So I, it's not as kind of raw and jagged, I think, as some of our other picks tonight. Um, but it's just as you can feel that rage. This to me is yeah, like, it's like the Paramore thing where like you feel everything she's yeah. feeling, even though she doesn't sound traditionally like male screaming. Yeah. Angry. Well, and it's also like, this feels like the kind of thing that would be playing in my head if I'm like, so angry I'm quiet you know yes. where it's just like female rage baby trying to like hold it in but it's like I'm so mad that every muscle in my body it's a very is, controlled yes. anger the way she delivers the lines are like behind gritted teeth yeah exactly. but she's still screaming at yeah, you yeah like, there's in her just head, so it's much just power like, to it yeah yeah which is really exactly which is really powerful so I think it's a great pick I'm glad, I'm glad we you. finished out with a little female rage had to yeah had to with that do you want to launch into our honorable mentions yes so we got a couple I have three um my first is I hate everything about you by three days grace <laughs> Oh my god, Kenzie would love Kenzie loves three days. Grace. Really? Shout out to Kenzie, friend of the pod. This this is just like kind of this was very much just your like alternative rock and roll angry, like was on the radio. Mm-hmm. I just heard this song so much, but it played today in a in a something I was listening to. I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, this is Hell yeah. I would get mad and be like, I fucking hate you. Mm-hmm. And th- I'd play it. So I hate everything about you. Um I'm pretty sure she likes Three Days Grace. That'll be embarrassing. I'm pretty well, sure she whatever. Does. Kenzie, now you like them if you didn't already. Uh, my next is I'm So Sick by Flyleaf. Yes! They, I almost picked Flyleaf. Yeah. I love a woman who screams. I don't like Flyleaf that much. And I don't know why. I just... They lost me somewhere. And I forget why, but I just... I'm not wild about them. But I'm So Sick. It's not a song that I necessarily enjoy, but I definitely feel the the anger and the... Yeah, just like ugh, you know, feeling off of that song. Well, and in a world in this like straight white dude, yes, gate kept world. Yeah, to have her start the song all twinkly and high pitched and feminine, and then immediately scream like that. Yeah, was so viscerally important to me. Yeah, as a young yeah. woman wanting to be in the scene, being in this scene. Yeah, exactly. You know, attending shows and knowing Lacey was out there kicking ass. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I, I appreciate what she was doing wasn't quite for me mm-hmm. but i yeah i appreciate it so that one is definitely honorable mention my last one is an orgy of critics by say anything Ooh, oh, that's, that's a, a real great pick i didn't think of that it's i think one of the reasons why i like it the so much and why i was really struggling to pick it or thank you for the venom mm-hmm. um is because the lyrics aren't necessarily angry so much as just like kind of confrontational and like mm-hmm. But the it starts off with like a really yep. kind of harsh guitar riff, and I really like that. And every time I hear it, I'm like, if I'm in an angry mood, I will listen to it and scream sing it. If I'm not really feeling angry, then I usually skip it because it's not quite like mm-hmm. it's very specific. Max Bemis sings this really beautiful, like gentle chorus halfway yep. through, which is so nice, and I feel like really showcases when you're. For me, at least, when it's like I don't know if I'm angry or like gonna about to like laugh because everything is just like yeah. so ridiculous. I'm like, am I gonna like start screaming or crying or laughing? Yeah, I no. think it's that moment where you shed. You're so mad, you shed a tear and you laugh. Yeah, exactly. It's that where moment. It's just like fine, whatever. In a song. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love and, that uh, so much. It's a, it's a good. I, it's obvious. I mean, it's off of is a real boy. It's a great album. I don't know. I, we could talk forever about saying anything, so we won't well, tonight. <laughs> not tonight, but 
But those are my three. What are yours? I had uh, two say anything honorable mentions just off the top. My go-to is It's a Metaphor Fool. Nice. Which is one of those lyrically so pissed, but musically a little more mellow comparatively. But the All You Are To Me is dead skin flaking off my hands onto the pavement. Breaking up my band won't bring you payment. Like, it's just so fun and pissed. And it's kind of sort of a breakup song, but it's kind of sort of like a me and my band will get through anything kind of song, which is why I didn't pick it because it's so much more about like Max and his band and his boys. Right. And I, I associate it more as like a breakup song than as an angry song, but I, I had to bring it up. Also admit it, it's just like him ranting in a justified way. And I've never felt more catharsis in my life than when I was at their show singing all of Admit It along with them. It was just... It's, I feel like I ascended. Like, I, that's one of the best. I've been to so many concerts in my life, and that's one moment I can pinpoint as, like, yeah. Mm, so it's a great song. I do love Admit It. We, it will be featured. But it's a lot of, like, talking, being mad, but not, like, anger. That's why yeah. I didn't go for it. Um, but my main, main, main honorable mention, I literally almost picked it, is Still Waiting by Sum 41. Oh, it's okay. such a traditionally pop punk angry boy song. <laughs> Drop dead, a bullet to my head. And then like, he's singing about the scene and he's singing about his band. He's getting really mad. That whole album does this look infected is one of my favorite by some 41. And it's their, I think their angriest album compared to their, their earlier stuff. Um, they're known for all killer, no filler. And for Chuck, those are like two of their bigger albums from earlier in their career. But I think does this look infected was like my time with some 41. I was like yes. really into that album and I used to get really mad to it. And then finally, um, all signs point to Lauderdale is another A Day to Remember angry song that I love. I Feel So by Boxcar Racer, Whiny Tom nice. DeLonge, The Ultimate. But I associate that more as an emo song, which is why I didn't pick it. And then finally, 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 Girl Anachronism by the Dresden Dolls. The Dresden Dolls yeah. famously opened for Pancake the Disco early in their career and were like booed off the stage every night. And they're so fucking punk in their core and they're a punk cabaret band and Amanda Palmer is a force to be reckoned with and Brian Villione is a dreamboat and a kick-ass drummer. Girl Anachronism's dope and it's such a great angry song and musically it's so wild and the piano's so wild and I highly recommend it. It just didn't feel quite right for our genre. Mm -hmm. So I digress. That's where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we hope this episode was fun for you to maybe hope you less let you know maybe let off a little steam yes go scream in your car a yeah little exactly bit. right go listen to these songs on a drive be safe but yeah let off some steam really feel your feelings feel that rage tell us uh what are your favorite songs to be ang- when you're angry to listen to that totally kind of feed help channel your anger um and we're on all social media platforms just google us we're warped to remember on most things twitter it's warped number two remember um, yeah especially twitter is probably the most direct way to reach us we'd love to hear from you yeah. instagram as well we post a little bit of bonus content on there yeah between, little fun photos and whatnot um yeah let us know i'm also really interested to know when you were young like when you were a kid what was your outlet yeah. And was it going to shows? Was it moshing in general? Was it a specific song? Was it a specific band? Where? How did you let off steam as a kid? And how do you do it now? And is it the same? Is it different? What do you do? I want to know. Sound off. Let us know. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Art to Remember. Bye. Stop. I know that it's really hard to differentiate when you're only two months and your head is the size of a cutie, but that's my charger and you're not supposed to chew.